Hello, and welcome to The Campaigns, the actual play podcast from D&D Academy. I am Michael, and this is A New World, episode number four, Investigating the Holds. In our last episode, the PCs used some creative uses of spells and a fortuitous tidal wave to get their scuttled ship onto ground in this new world. However, they are quickly realizing that this is not the world that they left behind. They've set their camp up at the edge of this great acidic sea and a vast primeval forest made up of these trees that are like redwoods but on steroids. They're, you know, 40, 50 feet around, 600 feet tall, no branches for the first 400 feet. They still haven't saw any real signs of life other than whatever that mountain was from the previous episode. And on top of that, they've realized that uh, the beach that they have their camp set on is actually a footprint of a beast that is larger than anything they could have ever imagined. In this episode, the PCs continue to investigate the fire in the holds. They bring in an expert, and they find their first suspect. As always, thanks for listening. Please remember that comments and feedback are always welcome. We appreciate you listening, and here is A New World Episode 4, Investigating the Holes. Alright, so previously on A New World, you're the three characters, Blaine... Durant, Durand, how do you say your name again? Durand. Durand. Is, you always have the hard to pronounce name. Well, and then Tredic. Grulag. Right? Yeah. Hey. So Blaine, Durand, and Tredic boarded the Winter's Heart, the ship that uh, the noble Jason Winters uh, so sort of. Heart on, oh, it's, got it. Got it. Um, I didn't want to be as plain Jane as Blaine Zane. <laughs> Blaine the half orc. Blaine Thalmor. That's not plain. <laughs> so you boarded the ship. Uh, you spent about 13, excuse me, about 20 days at sea, uh, pretty much calm ocean. There might have been some weather, but, no, but nothing extravagant. You finally made your way to this massing, massive swirling portal thingy, and you began the trek into it. The, the portal took several hours to kind of process each person. It wasn't like an instantaneous thing. And then once you crossed through, your ship was immediately in the middle of some enormous storm just it just took the ship and threw it all over the place it eventually ripped the mast completely off and this lasted for like 70 hours it was almost three straight days of storm to the point that the characters fell to exhaustion and were unconscious you awoke to the yells of that there was a fire down in the holds you may recall that in this world there is a gunpowder equivalent called nitro which was being held in the holds so durand and Tredic went down into the holes and tried to put out the fire while Blaine rallied the troops above deck to try to open up some airways. You survived that ordeal. There were a couple casualties in the process. And then using some interesting uses of magic, you eventually found your way to a continent where the ships were brought ashore, started to be unloaded. And the kind of the last thing that happened is... Tredic and Doran realized that the sort of the area that the ship ran aground or came aground was a massive footprint. And by massive, I mean your entire ship five times over could fit inside of this footprint. It's 
not not like dragon big it's like godzilla big or pacific rim monster big it's just enormous and that is where we will begin the game so you guys again tredek duran and blaine were asked to sort of stand guard the night before because everyone else was just dealing with the revelry of surviving and, and the excitement of being there and there were some other people that were also there were actually some guards that were brought along as a job that was their job to be guards and they were assisting but they they had asked you to kind of participate so you stayed up for most of the night early in the morning you were relieved of your watch and i would assume you all went to bed unless there's something specific you want to do and you caught at least a few hours of sleep so we're going to start back the next day as you three are all being summoned to a meeting with the nobleman and as you guys awake from what more than anything is probably just picking a place in the sand some people are probably staying on the ship but even you know it's not necessarily stable where it's at because I, I believe duran you used your magic to get it on on the shore so it's not like it's dry dock it's basically laying on its side it's, right now it's on the beach and it's falling apart because the corrosive corrosive acid of the ocean is dissolving the the, the planks and the stuff that holds it together so it's basically falling apart as it is so you wake up to the sound of people unloading the cargo and what you see is they've set up a large pavilion tent it's probably the size of this basement and in, in area the top's probably a little taller and sort of like a makeshift town hall and so each of you three have been summoned to to come and participate in the meeting you don't know for what purpose yet and jack your character has also been summoned uh, except by one of the other nobles you're actually um sort of working with maven okay. who is one of the other nobles you're part of his retinue okay okay so you guys arrive and you see that it looks like they've just started doing like the normal business of trying to run a colony this is essentially day one and things have not gone to plan there were supposed to be five ships there's only one so they don't have as many supplies as they thought. The ship is falling apart. They're in a completely alien world, and already the flora is different than they expected. There's these giant redwood trees. The, none of the plants are the same, so there's a lot of caution that's going on. But there's still a regular business at hand to run. And what you see, the very first thing that happens is there was a captain of the guard who upon the colony should have been running the guardsmen, he was on one of the ships that didn't make it, or at least isn't here. So they're going to kind of field promote uh, one of the lieutenants of the guards that they currently have to captain. And so you're, you're basically, your presence was asked to be there for that. And there's a couple other sort of administrative duties that, that are going to go on. They start assigning, you know, tasks, that kind of thing. And as they go around the room, you guys are actually mentioned that, Tredic, you are associated with the scouts. So you're not a scout, but because of your particular background, they want you to work with the scouts and identifying dangerous plants, edible plants. So far, there have been no life signs at all. Like there's been no creatures at all. So when we start seeing wildlife, they want you to assist in classifying it, trying to make sure that, you know, the dangerous things don't hurt people and the, the things that can be eaten are captured. Duran, as your role as the cleric of Palor, and you are currently the highest ranking cleric in the group or in, in the colony that they would like for you to begin setting up a church or a temple and providing weekly services to the colony just like they would have had had they stayed in the empire the empire is uh 
polytheic, so there's multiple religions, but Pelor is the dominant one. So it's not like people are required to come to services, but probably at least 60% of the people will most likely do that. And there are a couple other lower-level priests or healers or clerics as well that might have separate services for some of the other gods, but they kind of want you to like come up with a schedule, pick a place, and just sort of signing duties again as the highest-ranking cleric. Blaine, you are not part of the guards, but they kind of want you to be sort of an auxiliary member that with uh, Abram is actually the name of the young man who was promoted to captain. He's probably 23 years old. From what you guys know, he's, he's a good kid, but probably not ready for this yet. But there's really no other choice. So they kind of want you to, to provide like a mentorship role to him as for more for like the leadership aspect than necessarily like killing stuff, but they just want you to make sure that you're you're ready if, if called upon to help out. And also with your background as being a baker, they would like for you to assist in that as well, if you're agreeable to that. I'm much more excited about the baking than I am about the guard stuff. M- mentoring this idiot kid. <laughs> He's a nice man kid. Child. He's a nice kid. So a few more odds and ends are, are kind of thrown about. And then after a while, they finally sort of adjourn the meeting, but they ask the three of you to stick around. And Maven and Gunther, the two other nobles, also ask a couple of their people to stick around as well. The captain, Kylos, is the name of the captain that you met earlier. And Eckerd, who's the, the captain first, of the ship. Captain of the ship. And Eckerd, who was the first mate, are also there as well. So it's essentially the nobles, you guys, ship's captain, first mate, and a couple other people that are part of Maven and Gunther's group that you don't really know that well. One of which is the guy that sort of stuck out to you before. He was the one back against the wall when you walked into the captain's room. I was going to ask you if I've seen him anymore. Yes, he is currently at the meeting. What's his name? His name is Jack. After everybody kind of leaves, they, they sort of set up like a perimeter, and they talk quietly. And the captain, or excuse me, uh, Jason essentially says, we need to discuss what happened to the other ships. And even though you've probably talked about this, it's not been very clear. So they're going to ask Duran again, you were using magic that allowed you to see far away. And that's how we found this place. Are you sure that you didn't see any other ships or even signs of ships? I saw nothing and neither did my bird or the 10 other, well, nine other people that scouted out for, for me. I was going to continue to send my raven once a day, every day, to do a scan of the sea and hopefully uh, you know, let me know if he sees anything. I have a note that's tied to his leg. If he does see a ship, to fly to the ship and then hand the, the note saying... Follow the, follow the bird to the rest of the party, and we have a camp set. So Okay. So uh, Maven and Gunther kind of start squabbling a little bit back and forth. Basically, they're kind of on either side of Jason, and you can tell that they're sort of they're Maven talking. Maven and Gunther are the other nobles? They're the nobles. They're kind of talking to each other, but Jason's kind of in the middle, so he's getting it from both sides. And <laughs> the, sort of the, the point of their conversation is we have to assume that we're the only survivors. And, until we hear otherwise... There's no point in pretending we need to start making decisions as if we're it and we just need to, to move on. And it seems like they want to basically set 
themselves up right now as the, the leaders of the entire colony rather than waiting for the, their, their superior, so to speak, that would have been on the other ships. You still don't know, Blaine, if they have been told about the ship exploding. You know Kylos knows and Jason and you guys know, but you're not sure if they have been given that information or not. So is there anything that you guys would want to add in? Because you're part of this conversation about whether we move forward, what are we going to do? People are talking about should we should we send out search parties looking for other ships up and down the, the coastline? Do we do we press into the coast or into the forest? You know, what what you guys are dealing with, you're not there were other people that would be making these decisions, but right now it's like Gilligan's Island. It's just you guys. What are you gonna do? I I would recommend that we set up a home base here where the majority of all our supplies are and act set up camp as though we are the only survivors and then but still not give up on on our you know our comrades that they're totally gone but i i think we should continue to spend some resources in trying to see or make sure that they're they are gone and they're okay what about you Tredic? Well, my thought was we need to start getting inland, looking at what we have for food and supplies here because what we have isn't going to last us all that long. I wanted to start mapping the area if that was something that could be done. But yeah, you, Your character has some skill with cartography, yeah. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because with, well, with your ability to turn into a bird and his mm -hmm. ability to cast spells, you very easily start doing some aerial reconnaissance reconnaissance um, and start mapping the area from what you saw before it's pretty well flat at least as far as you can see outward right now it's pretty well flat but it's it's essentially forest it's just deep ancient primeval forest filled with these sort of california redwood type trees though they're even bigger than that hundreds of feet tall probably 400 feet straight up before you have the first branch the trees are 20 to 30 feet in diameter. They're just massive. And the canopy is really thick. I mean, there's like once you get up there, it's probably it's 40 dense. or 50 feet, excuse me, a height of just branches and leaves and, and canopy. So it's possible there's an entire, you know, ecology that lives within that. But there really weren't any other features. The only thing else that you saw was when you were first in your cloud form up really high, you saw something that you thought was a mountain but then the next day was gone. And now that you've seen these ridiculously large footprints, you believe it's probably some sort of thing that was walking around, but you really haven't seen anything else. At one point you saw something flying really far away. You've seen the thing that you thought was a mountain and you have these giant footprints. That's the only living things you've encountered so far. I'm scared. I haven't sensed any. No. From what I gather, like this is nothing like the world we've come, just the basic sense I right. get from the or whatever plant, you know, this ground that we're on is yep. not I mean, insane. It, it's and... dirt as in like dirt is dirt, Yeah. but the sea is completely different. The trees are different. And it is it is possible that there are animals, but because they are so different yeah, that I until until you have some familiarity with them, you you don't know that you're what you're looking for, so you can't find it. All right. Blaine, do you have anything to contribute to the conversation? I want to get out my big three which is 
need to send out people to find fresh water. I think we need to salvage the ship right now, start taking it apart and um, getting all the wood and everything we can on the land and out of the water. And we need to set up a uh, perimeter and guard it. We need to have const we need to get people working on bringing the ship in and taking it apart, get people working on guarding where we are right now, setting up a watch and a rotation, and then we need to start working on food and water. Run me a perception check. I was worried when you said big three. <laughs> it's like Let me mean? take my pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's here, my, here's here. my big one. <laughs> um is it intelligence or wisdom? Wait, did you say spot? Uh, spot would be fine, yes. And then do you also add your modifier? Yes. Or is it just modifier the... Yes, modifier plus your D6. Intelligence or wisdom? Intelligence. 22. Okay. So you notice that when you start sort of talking, you know, like we need to do this, we need to do this, we need to do this, that Maven kind of rolls his eyes and Gunther even kind of snickers a little bit. Like they clearly have no... They don't do it openly. Like you see it. It's not like they're guffawing like, you know, <laughs> like... Them, yeah. But they're definitely sort of like to each other, like, who the fuck does this guy think he is? But they don't say anything openly to you about it. And Jason is actually like not said like, yeah, that, we're actually working on those things, but I, I appreciate the, the insight if there's anything you'd like to assist with. And you, even behind you, you can hear the ship kind of start to creak as it's the, the weight of itself now that it's on land is starting to press and causing the boards to pop. Probably within the day, it's going to completely collapse into pieces. But the more we take apart, we can control that. And that was the initial design, is that the ship would be taken apart and the lumber would be used to start building settlements until we have a chance to sort of cut lumber and start working. And that, that's one of the other problems they've realized right away, is they don't even know, like, how do you cut down a 600-foot-tall tree? You can make a house out of the bark, probably. Well, and then it's going to fall. I mean, you know, how do you control that? It's not like it, it's... So there's a lot of thought processes that they're trying to go through. I say... We turn the trees like as you're holding your empty alcohol container. <laughs> Listen <laughs> up, everybody! <laughs> this is drunken. There's not even the alcohol talking. Where's where's the, the first bar we're setting up? Where's the women? <laughs> we need a distillery. Turning the trees into. I mean, they're already a fantastic foundation. They're not going to go anywhere from those insane storms that we dealt with from beforehand. These trees aren't going anywhere. I think the trees are our safest bet. Living we, in them? Living in the trees. Or <laughs> at making... Robinson, Swiss, yeah, family, Swiss Robinson. family Robinson. He's actually yeah. a dwarf. All right, so the Go ahead. Oh, I'll say that I think that's a terrific idea, but what? let's give it maybe a few days to make sure that there's no giant people eating birds. <laughs> living in the Birds that live in the trees. So, as you guys are probably aware, we did lose some of the supplies because of the fire, but there's also less of us because we there were some deaths. You found us approximately, I say approximately, eight people died during the storm. So those those 70 hours or so the storm has gone on, there were eight people that are now unaccounted for, whether they were, you know, blown off the the deck or died from injuries of things falling over. There's a total of eight people missing or dead, and then another five people were killed during the fire. Uh, either from smoke inhalation, frostbite, <laughs> severe frostbite because of some spells that might have been cast, <laughs> whatever. No, no one's asking a lot of questions, but there is definitely 
there's so there's 13 people so far that have died. There were 200 people on the ship, not counting you five. So there were 205 people on the ship. Again, I kind of got the statistics broken down as to what they do. That's not really that important. But essentially what I'm saying is we have two weeks supplies right now for everybody on full regular rations. The plan is to go one week at regular rations. And if we have not found anything to supplement by then, we will then go to half rations. So that should give us close to three weeks to a month before things get drastic. Anything we can do to supplement that would be good. Trading food and water every day. Yep. So yeah. well, the, the I, next task. We need to that, find a way to purify our water or collect rainwater or. Yeah. Well, so far it hasn't. It was storming, but since then it has been, there's been no, not even cloud in the sky. It's completely cloudless. When you created water, this is important, you created the water from here. It was that green acidic water. So for all, for all you know, based on that, is that uh, the normal actually, water here? Hold would on. Be that. I, let me just read that. I believe that it it was purified water, or I did pure. Somebody purified it. You have the ability to purify water. I was pretty sure that this was. While you're looking, the other thing I'll say is that uh, the the next kind of business is the fire. Up to two gallons of clean water, within range. In an open container. Alternatively, the water can also fall. In, as rain in a 25-foot cube. So, but what I'm saying is that in this world, that is water. Like, that is the equivalent of okay. water. So when you create you create the the the, envir- the water here, so it's still going to be that acidic green stuff. So at this point, you now know that Gunther and... shit all over you. Yeah. <laughs> Gunther and Maven know about the fire because Jason just brings it up. Kylo's, in front of everybody else. Yes. And again, it's, it's just you guys and then a couple of the nobles, Kylos, Eckhart... Uh, so you don't know all the other people, but there's probably no more than 10, 11 people in, this, in the tent right now that we have reason to believe that the fire was set on purpose so that there's possibility uh, that there's a saboteur. Arson. This Still, is being said out yeah, loud? Yeah, in front of everybody that's in the tent right now, uh, which includes Abram, the new guard leader. Who's saying this? Jason. I want to sock him in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm going to hold him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that, but... If, if he notices that you know you're kind of like like you know giving the eyebrow what's going on, he just sort of goes past it. From what you know of him, he he assumes that this is the circle of trust that these are the people you can't keep secrets from each other at this stage. It's just going to make things worse. Whether that's true or not or good or not, we can decide later. But he's essentially we need to investigate that. Is there any uh, among you? And he kind of looks at Abram and that would feel comfortable doing more research in the holds to try to identify anything else that might give information about who set the fire, what caused it, how it got out of control so quickly. Where are the holds? Where the cargo was in the ship. Uh, will we even be able to? Yeah. Is the ship falling apart? And well, it, be... it is starting to fall apart, but they're also in the process of taking it apart, and they're in the process of unloading it. Like, they're trying to get the stuff out of there right now, so you would be able to go in there, but it... You know, basically they could close it off, give you a couple hours to go in there and inspect stuff if you would like to. I'd like to go in and take a look at it. Okay. Anyone else? I, I'll look. I mean, why I mean, why not? Okay. I'm not spending any more time on that shit. Okay. I have to... <laughs> All right. So Maven looks over and points at one of his guys and says, I would like for Jack to go. He has some uh, knowledge of these types of things, and I think he would be a useful resource to you. So at that point, you've now been introduced directly to the guy that you've seen creeping around, and his name is Jack. Creeping. Creeping. 
turning into a tree and being harvested would not be a viable alternative to our wood needs, correct? No. <laughs> I imagine that would result it, in it would loss work, of limbs. It would work in the short term. <laughs> Long term, probably not no, so much. No. Okay. All right. So Just the four of you and Abram go into the ship. And basically they, they pull everybody out. They tell them to take a break. And they kind of coordinate off. And the ship is on its side. So you have to navigate you know, through the ship as it's on its side. So you're walking on the sides of the walls and having to go left and right down into the lower holds. You have torches with you and they've, they started to pull the, the cargo out. So there's less stuff in there, but they actually haven't got to the side that the fire had started. So none of that stuff has been touched and most of it has been strapped down and chained. So when you go in there, there's stuff that's kind of like on the wall, like under tension. So if you pull like a rope or a string, things are going to start to fall, but it's, it's pretty easy to navigate. It's just somewhat disorienting. Because the things that should be on the floor are on the uh, the walls around you. So what would you guys like to check out first? Because the ship is yeah, the, the ship is basically was set on the beach and then rolled over on its side. Okay. Do you have any detect um, magic right now? I do have detect magic. But I did that when we landed last night. And the, nothing there, on there the was ship. Nothing. But, well, there, you didn't do it in the holds. And because of the, the wood you... Unless you specifically cast it in here, it's possible that you would not have seen anything. I mean, it's just a level one, so. All right. So you cast Detect Magic, and there is nothing along the walls where the fire was that you see that is magical. But there are two barrels that are currently attached to the side of the ship. They're, like, strapped down that are faintly glowing as if something inside of them is magical. Are they in this room? Yes, they're in this room. This room is, again, about the size of maybe a third of the basement we're in. It's one half of the hold, so it's full of barrels of water and barley and meat and mead. And there's just basically this is where all the supplies were kept. And there's, there's still, most of them are still down here. There's also your crate is still in here as well, okay. your personal possessions. All my stuff, too. Okay. Well, there's two barrels right over there that are, I, I sense... Bad voodoo. There's something within those barrels that's magical. I don't know what they are, but... Do you think we should look in them? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Let's are they being it. held up by rope? Yeah, yeah they're, they're under tension on the wall. So if you pull them down, you're gonna, there's like a row of eight of them, and there's two of these that are going, so you're going to have to bring all of them down. Because if you pull one, it's going to release the tension of all of them. Like, you can't just pull one out. So it's kind of an all-or-nothing situation. Okay. So if you, just a quick inspection, they're basically water or ale, at least that's what's supposed to be in them. So they're pretty heavy, but there's nothing that you guys couldn't handle. If you just want to kind of bring them down. So assuming we'll, that's what yeah, you're going to we'll do. Yeah, spend some time yeah. doing Yeah. Okay. So you bring it down one at a time, set them to the side. And then when you get to the, the seventh one, it rattles as if there's something metallic inside of it. Well, I'm a, yeah, let's bust it open. All right, so you pop open the top, the top, and it looks like there's a suit of armor and weapons inside, like personal gear inside this barrel. Human, do it. Who would it? Intelligence. Hold on, those dice, that dice, those are bad dice last time. That's a bad dice this time. Not sure. The, the, the size is kind of in the middle, so it could be like a small human or maybe a dwarf. So this in one barrel, there's a suit of like a breastplate. Yeah, like, and like, like armor and, and weapons weapon and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, I'll bust open the other bear. There's a dwarf inside there. <laughs> does, it, does it jump out? No. There it, was it, a dwarf inside be, there? It appears to be unconscious. 
You say a bear? A dwarf. A bear. There's Close a dwarf enough. inside there. The size of the armor match the size of the dwarf. Do I know what kind of dwarf this is? Or who it is? Um, Being a dwarf? He's a California You dwarf. do not recognize the dwarf, but you would notice right away that this dwarf has no facial hair, which is exceedingly uncommon that a dwarf would either voluntarily or involuntarily have their face shaven. And usually it's a symbol of some great shame. I don't. So I'm get the scum out of I'm here. Ass, I'm assuming his character would know this, but I don't know if if I'm Rob, relaying that if, to you. No, I don't know if Rob knows this, but I'm but you would know this. So instead of asking him, I'm going to ask you: Why would um, would a character or an NPC or a person show up on detect show up under a detect magic spell because they have the ability to use magic or because there's a spell on them? Could be either or both. So you, you don't know. <laughs> so, uh, actually, does detect magic still like? Is it still on? I think it lasts until concentration, right? I, I don't know the whole. Let me. Uh, I believe so. Just go ahead and give me an intelligence check. Oh, I have got it right there. But Do you 18, have like Arcana? Eighteen, and then I. Uh, does that fall under? Uh, you know, like spellcraft or look, recall lore, Arcana, magic. I do have recall lore. Is it like magical nature? I, I guess I could. I never chose one. Yeah, you, you should. It's probably religion or arcana would be the common recall lores that you would pick. You can do things like supernatural. It could be history, politics, music. You kind of choose whatever type of lore that you know. And being a cleric, it would either be magic or like religion would be what I would assume it's one of the two. Okay. So what would you like, religion or magic? Don't magic. pick it. Don't pick it just because of the situation. That your character, <laughs> my character, would want magic. I feel that my character, like religion's, just kind of a face. Okay. So what? So then you get to roll your d6 in addition to your d20. Five plus eighteen. Okay. So really, so you actually are able to analyze the spell uh, for a few minutes, and you realize it's it's a version of like a sleep spell that essentially this dwarf has been put into stasis. That that way. Food, water, air would not be an issue for an extended period of time. Okay. But I don't know if he cast that on himself. No. Wait a minute here. I believe I have... Dispel Magic. This dwarf roofied himself. Essentially, yeah. He's Zach well, Galifianakis from uh, Hangover. Let's bring this attention to... Uh, You're now the wolf pack. <laughs> the group success. I am okay with so again, Jack. So you are here. You're yeah. So let's Abram. leave him. Let's leave him asleep. Let's and get not the, give him, the, Let's get his. So is there anything in particular that you would like? Hey, there's a there's a dwarf. Sorry, so I was just catching up my character sheet. Out of here. So we can put him in my tent. I mean, one because one because he might not be safe on a ship falling apart. He just seems unconscious. Try to get. To your mind, he looks like he's dead. With my crate of but stuff. But they're talking as if he's and got... And let's only tell Jason. Can I check his pulse and noble. stuff? Sure. All right. <laughs> All right. I want to so check. Jack comes over and starts poking the body while you guys are talking. Well, I'm checking his pulse and looking for breathing, uh, stuff like that. He's all right. You don't need to worry about doing any of that. You don't find a pulse. He doesn't appear to be breathing. He's dead. He's not dead. He's under a spell. Oh. Whether he put it on himself or made him someone dead. put him on under a spell. We don't know, but, uh... All right, so Abram steps forward. 
I think because of the fire, we have to treat this person as a suspect. It's entirely possible that they set the, the dwarf? fire. Yes. It's possible that he set the he fire. He was in a sealed barrel. Of he water. Was, and maybe why he doesn't have a beardy bird. Wait, there wasn't water in the barrel. There wasn't water in it. It was supposed to be water. Oh, 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 oh. All right. I'm not saying he did it. I'm saying he should be treated as a suspect. <laughs> There's no reason to think that he's a suspect. Well, he's at least a stowaway. Sure, but so I he's don't... a criminal. I don't think that he has that, anything to do with the fire. Which my, my jurisdiction. I think we need we to We don't even have any sort of legal system here. <laughs> Hold on. I, I'm not even here. What, are yeah. what do you... I just want to know who starts a fire, or he's even a suspect for a fire, and then puts themselves to sleep so they couldn't escape from it. A very bad one? <laughs> Okay. Well, Just throwing that out there. I, we don't know who he is. He's got a nice set of armor and in some weapons, and he is magical. On, <laughs> he had so a nice set of armor. I don't want to resuscitate him without... What's your plan? I just, we think we need to take him before the nobles. Like We don't have a system of justice yet established, so it would fall to the nobles to dispense judgment and punishment. So I think we should bring him before them, revive him, and question him. Do you think it's a good idea to bring him before all the nobles? There is some, there is somebody here that could be trying to do us harm, and we don't know if it's somebody at the bottom or somebody at the top. We don't know if we need to um, be questioning, trust, trusting the little people or the, the, the higher-up people. At this point, I have no reason not to trust any of the nobles. I don't really want to get involved in the politics, so... I'd say yes. We just we let the nobles work that out. Now, if he's not in any danger, then let's do what we were sent here to begin with. Let's inspect the fire or the the damage, and then we can deal with this. And unless there's something that he could wake up beforehand, do you have any reason to believe that he's something's going to happen to him now that he's out of the barrel? Only from us. But I do want to. I don't know how long the spell's going to last. So I do want to make sure that he doesn't have weapons or armor. That way, at okay. least he's... Let's put the lid back on the barrels and see if we can get him out of here in the barrel. Just so so that the other 150 people don't see us dragging a sleeping dwarf or a dead dwarf off the ship. Okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. And then he, he turns and starts looking back at the fire. And he's he's doing that thing when like when you're looking at art and you clearly have no idea. So he's got his hand up on his chin. He's kind of looking where the fire is. Kind of looking over at you guys and then looking at the fire damage. He has no idea what he's doing at this point. First, I'll just use, what, search or spot? Just see if there's anything out of, before I go into, like, a detailed search. Just, I'm in the room. There's four walls. There's cargo. And there's a spot where there's was a fire. Other than that, is there something that sticks out other than that? And you guys can roll as well. I I was going to say, can I roll for a... Source of ignition and a point of. Roll the intelligence. Well, I'll let you know. Thirteen. Thirteen. All right. So the dumbest. You're focused on because the the fire there there were at least three and probably looks like four different places where the fire was burning at any one time based on the scorch marks on the walls. So you've picked one, uh, Jack, that you're kind of looking at and just trying to figure out like what's going on. And you do notice that there's sort of an odd. It's not like glitter, but there's there's a substance that is in in and around where it would be, and it very clearly matches where the fire was. So like fire here and here, a little bit of glitter in the, in the on the wall. No fire, no glitter. 
why would I think the start of the fire was due to nitro? Probably not nitro. Nitro is, is very explosive, not just combustible. Uh-huh. So you would think if it was nitro, it would have been a boom. But probably something that you would have been communicated to you earlier is that they believe that there might have been an alchemical component to this fire because okay. of some of the things. Because uh, the first mate and the captain had already kind of done an inspection down here, but it was very quick. They didn't have a lot of time. And that's when there was still water and there were still people, so it wasn't as in-depth as what you guys can do now. But there, you do believe there might be some sort of alchemical accelerant that was used. You kind of busy, not really paying attention. As you're looking around, and you're just kind of doing the big picture, you're, you're standing back and you're just looking for anything that stands out of the ordinary. And it takes you a second, but then you finally do something kind of snaps into place, is that you have a little bit of fire over here, you have a little bit of fire over here, you have a little bit of fire over here, and a little bit of fire over here, and there's no path. Like, it doesn't look like the fire spread that way. It's as if four individual fires were started at around the same time. And again, there was nothing found in the room upon initial inspection. No lanterns, no oil, no torches that would explain that. So that's the only thing that sticks out to you as interesting or notable. Hey, Blaine, come over here. I think I found something. What is it? It's some sort of substance on this wall. Looks like, looks like the fire was maybe set on purpose. And then this could possibly explain who uh, who started it, because it doesn't look natural at all, this glittery substance on here. Are there any known alchemists on board the ship? Possibly there's, but I don't know. Doran knows one. Her name is Sandra. She's a Virgo. Likes long walks I on the beach. I kind of got the hats for her. <laughs> That's a little much. You got the hats for, the ar- for an arsonist? I don't. I didn't say she was an arsonist. I was just saying she. Does she have the hots for you back? She had a hots for the ship. She's got the hots for a guy and money. So I was about to say maybe you Whoever could sed- feed the drink. Maybe you could seduce her and try to pump some information out of her. I could definitely do that. So we need to get what's her name? Sandra. So we need to get you and Sandra drunk. See if you can question her. Looks like you half the party's that. already there. You just need to get her drunk. I'm already drunk. Okay, so she's a possibility. You know that there's between 20 and 30 specialists that are also on board of various, you know, expert sort of NPC classes. So it's possible that there are other alchemists, alchemists but you're not, well. not sure. Um, It'd be easy to find. The them. magical items that I detected on, like, the nobles or the and the other fellow who was not a noble who had a magical item. Do you know Sandra? Do you know Sandra that well? Sandra. That's what her name Yeah, Sandra. Sorry. It's all right. <laughs> it's, I got it's always a soft I've... vowel sound with him. Everything's durand. And... Maybe before this. Oh, me. Maybe if you, do you trust her at all? Or do you know her at all? I just small talk and enjoying drinks and, you know, just early well, friendship. No, I okay. wouldn't trust her. Even though. if. Even if, uh, as of yet, she's, even if we don't, even if for some reason we didn't have a reason to trust her, I don't think it would matter. Why don't you go and get her and bring her down here and let her look at this substance on the wall before this room falls apart, before we take the ship apart and see if she can tell us anything about it. Just be careful of that Eckerd guy. Who's Eckerd? He's trying to steal her heart. Salsa? Yeah. Sandra? She's uh, been a target of his. 
trying to steal her from me. Okay. So. Do you want to go get her? Do you want to see if you can find her real quick and get her down here? Yeah. Um. Everyone's pretty I, I close together. She's in Eckert's tent. Oh! <laughs> 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 it's tent's a knocking. Now everybody's pretty close together still. So I mean, if you if you stuck your head out and yelled, you probably would get her attention. Samba. Right? If you want to do it a little bit less noticeable to that, you could easily send someone. Hey, can you go get Sandra for me? And within five minutes, ten minutes or so, she could be back. If that's something you want to do. Yeah. I, Let's I'll, do that. Uh, okay. So a couple minutes go by. She's she's brought in. Abram is the one who actually stepped out and got one of his guard to go get her. So it's a little bit on the down low. And she seems very sort of confused. Like, you know, obviously like, what's going on? She sees you and she does kind of smile. Gotcha, I, bitch. I, I want, uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of these markings? All right, so she, still very confused. Uh, goes over. She. I want her to not. You're know, holding your shirt. And up. I just want. What do you think of these markings? <laughs> what do you think of that? Nice. You want to kiss the tattoo? Anyway, so she goes over, and you can you can sort of see her switch from, I don't know why I'm here, to like a professional, like, oh, this is interesting, and you know, just focus her attention. She's kind of rubbing her hand on it. She has a little side palette. She pulls out little tweezers, and she's got. Like a little glass vial, she's like scraping stuff into. You know, she's like Batman here, uh, and she's like, "Oh, this is this is interesting. This is very similar to something I make called Flash. Uh, it's like for um, parties and games, trickery. You know, small like fireworks. She wouldn't probably call them that, but essentially that's what it's for. Is just little trick lightings for bards use it, shows that kind of thing. Could it ever catch anything on fire? It would be difficult. You'd have to have quite a lot of it because it burns so quickly and it doesn't burn very hot for so that magicians can use it. But if you put enough in one spot, yeah, it, it could possibly catch. Is this something that any level alchemist can make or only maybe a very experienced? It depends. And here's why. From what I can tell, this is a pretty low grade version. So I don't know if it was intentionally made that way. Or if the person didn't know what they were doing and just made a bad batch. But this would be, it wouldn't be very spectacular. To Done be properly, it would be a... More potent. So either this was an intentional bad batch for a reason, or just someone who's new doesn't really know what they're doing. Maybe they mix some stuff together with the wrong proportions. But something like this would, would, would burn pretty low and slow. You know the uh, what would be required to make this, right? Oh yeah, but they're very commonly, you know, common ingredients. It's it's similar to what's in nitro. Four or five things that you could get in any herbalist shop, alchemy shop, maybe even in the woods, depending on where you're at. But would it be con would it be un uncommon for somebody to have to bring all those things on the ship? Or maybe if you did some poking around, you might find some evidence of somebody having. Well, I'm some not of those the only things. alchemist. I, I dare that's say what I'm, I'm, I'm dare say I'm the best, but I'm not the only alchemist that's. That's what I'm saying. I'm, um, you could you do some poking around around the other alchemists to see if they have any remnants of this. Right. So y you can see it in her eyes again that she's like professional. I mean, she's interested. She's smart, but she's a little bit clueless as to what you're asking. She's confused. Like she doesn't get the social part, and then it kind of dawns on her. She's like, "What do you?" Do you think someone set this on purpose? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> roll your attack roll. Initiative. Yeah, no, so she's like, do you think someone did this on purpose? Who would do that? We don't know, but... Terrorists. You're our number one suspect <laughs> right now. Terrorists. Die, terrorists. Um, they took her jobs. I mean... They took her jobs. It, I think you oh, can probably... Now, but if, if you survey the scene again, you probably realize that these there's fires set individually here. Some It looks like somebody came down here and did this. We have no idea who, but that's what we're trying to figure out. If there's somebody that we need to be cautious of, we need to figure out who it is. All right. So she kind of looks around the room, and the nitro powder has already been taken out. Like, that was very early on. That was one of the first things that was coming, got to move. And she looks around and goes, but if someone just wanted to blow up the ship, why wouldn't they have just set the nitro on fire? And you can look to see where it was, and it's like the furthest point from all corners. Do you have any ideas? I don't think it was supposed to blow the ship up. I think it was just supposed to bring people down here, probably. The only people that were down here were the three people that ended up dying. There were five. Oh, five ended up dying? Mm -hmm. Oh. Who, when you came in the room, the fire was in the room, and you weren't in there yet, right? You busted in the room and found the fire? Correct. Were the people already dead in there? No. They were struggling. But they were trying to save the livestock that were in here. So there wasn't... Or putting out the fire themselves. So there wasn't anybody dead or anybody already laying on the ground hurt or and burned, almost no. dead? Not that they were... Because there were people inside this the hold room that the door was shut. So it's possible that someone might have been already dead in that room that you didn't see until you opened the door. Because there was a lot going on. There was a lot of chaos. Yeah. You weren't really paying attention. You know there were... Because there were some people down here that did survive. Not that everyone down here died, but there were five people total that were dead when it was all said and done that were down in the holds. Like one person drowned when they fell into the water and you guys didn't save them. There was another one that basically drowned as well, but they froze to death because they were in the water, couldn't get out, and then you guys froze it into solid ice and killed them. Yeah, they, they, you killed them. Yeah, they killed I them. Did, I didn't do it that. It wasn't on purpose. They just It was like... Um, it's more important to save the ship than save them, so they didn't really pay attention. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway. So there was, so there's another room connected to the room yep. that the fire was set in. You're in the room that had the nitro and most of the supplies. There, basically imagine the holds were cut directly in half. Mm -hmm. The other half was like the livestock. So they mm -hmm. had the pens of the animals, chickens, goats, horses, cows. And was were, there any fire in that room? There was one small or two small areas of fire in that room. But based on what you can tell, it looks like that probably was the same thing. There was a little piece of, like that flash stuff was on the wall there as well. While, while the fire was going on, did anybody uh, report items being stolen or did somebody die? That can't be explained. That wasn't well, there are the fire. There are eight people who are dead that no one knows for sure. Like, or they're just gone. Yeah. Because they assume that they were swept overboard during the storm. But because of the way it happened, like, they're, like people's like, oh, yeah, I saw Charlie get pushed overboard or swept overboard yeah. by the sea. And then after everything was over, they were doing a head count and there were people missing. So it's entirely possible that someone died after the storm uh -huh. and no one knows about it. Okay. Because my character is thinking, like, a fire is the perfect way to create a good distraction. 
to get everybody's heads turned one way to either steal or assassinate somebody else. And why is it your character thinks that? He's uh, an acquisitioner. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I'm I think I'm pretty much done. And then once um, Sandra is gone, then I have something to say to these guys. All right. She she seems a little bit excited now, like like she's involved in this sort of mystery. So she is hot. I wanna. So I want to. She, uh, she I want to kind of build that up for her. Like this, this is really important, and we're really trusting you with this. So get her I, excited. Should I only tell you guys about it? Nobody knows but us. Okay. All right. As I'll soon see as, you if, tonight. <laughs> all right. Um, report. <laughs> what's your character's name? Duran. Report to Duran, but make sure it's in private. No Eckert's allowed. <laughs> she seems a little bit flustered by that like she's a little bit embarrassed oh my oh my goodness <laughs> gracious and then uh abram shows her out uh you guys poke around for another few minutes you don't really find anything else of interest in the room she's gone okay it's so i don't know if this is exactly what you're thinking but what it's possible but, that somebody could have the people in the other room could have been killed first and then somebody set the fire to make it look like they died of fire or smoke or something like that okay there's so, thoughts before i probably wouldn't have shared with you guys because that would make it seem like i did because that would that'd give me motive to so, set so this. essentially you're like well that's what i would do that's, that's, what, I say. <laughs> I, like, that's what i would do if i set this fire but i wouldn't tell you guys this because it'd make me look like a suspect yeah hypothetically um, someone <laughs> might want to do that so the the bodies that were in that room, are they around? No, they actually were Tossed disposed at sea. at sea. Well, then. So they weren't burned up. So it by doesn't the fire. make any difference because no. we can't, we can't inspect the bodies. Anybody, anybody have any other ideas before we get out of here? Yeah, I I don't have any ideas. All right. So while you guys are thinking for a second, I'll jump over to Tredic. So you have a group of eight scouts that you, again, you're not over them, you're not under them, you are sort of auxiliary, peripheral to them, that uh, whenever they go into the woods, if they find something particularly interesting or suspicious, like they might call you over. And then kind of on your own free time, whether it be when you turn, turn into a bird or use magics, they want you to start kind of mapping the area. So um, what's a good name for the scout leader? Fred. Scout leader. All right, Fred. <laughs> George. Fred and George. The and Weasley, Ren. The, the Weasley twins. Yeah, I was going to say. Fred and George. They're, re twins. they're red haired. They're two red haired scouts. They're brothers. Do they wear ascots? Yes. And top hats and monocles. They're <laughs> and really bad. They scouts. have a British accent. Tiny, I know, that's not a British accent. Tiny shorts. Oh my God. With ascots. <laughs> they, uh, one's okay. going to die tragically and at the perfect end. Perfect hair. They're, uh, they're the leaders of the scouts and they'll be running, so I guess, missions. They're going to slowly start to make their way into the forest. If there's any, you know, sort of advice, that type of thing. And uh, they kind of work out a schedule to start with. They only want to go during the day. They want to go short, short bursts, one or two hours at the most. And then they're going to kind of report back to you. So if they find, like, basically they're going to bring you samples. Like, if we find a berry, if we find a tree, if we find whatever, for you to try to determine. I'm the food taster. You're basically, yes. You're supposed awesome. to determine what. Uh, awesome. What's deadly and what's not? Don't I'm gonna a... purify anything before I. Don't you have immunity to poison? <laughs> of some sort. Yes. 
So that's no, probably why you're the best person to taste so foods. I'm going to assume that while they're inspecting, you're doing some mapping. And as I kind of mentioned before, there are there are four claw marks as if some giant beast. Claw- I am actually immune to poison and <laughs> I am immune to poison and disease. Actually, is the monster is little Grexel. <laughs> In this world, you guys are actually tiny and it's regular size. But anyways there's like these giant claw marks where again something came out of the sea and dug really deep and that's the four sort of natural docking slits that the boat almost went into but they're not quite big enough so that would give you an indication that a claw on this creature is almost big enough for your ship to fit into its space then it looks like the back claw sort of stepped down directly in front of it so as it was climbing out of the ocean or sea and everywhere it stepped everything underneath it died and it's turned to sand desiccation it's it's just there's nothing growing here it's just like a big odd irregular shaped beach so from an aerial view it's very very clear that it's a a claw print it does have a thumb claw not quite like a thumb but sort of you know fifth one off to the side so you can see very clearly how big of a space so it creates beaches wherever it walks and then you can see that like you can see if you go high enough these steps where it, it continues on across and you can actually see when you're up high enough that there is a mountain range really 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 far away but it's actually a mountain range it's not some thing it's not an ass uh, crack but, again but you don't see again you don't see any other creatures moving you don't see any birds flying uh, it's pretty much that's all you can see is this giant claw paw print i don't like it there's no insects at all so far you have not seen anything else alive at all in the forest and there's no bugs well, you're not really no me. one's actually went into the forest yet you everybody's oh. still Fine, you're not in the forest on no. the beach i'm in the all boat right, so what are you guys <laughs> going to do with the dwarf in the barrel um hang on a second seems like the beginning of a terrible joke <laughs> <laughs> put the lid back on and just take the two barrels the dwarf and the armor see if we can together carry him out of the ship and um, just take him off somewhere and then I'll stay or somebody will stay with him while somebody goes and gets the nobles so we can okay. show the nobles. Okay, so I mean, you could take them to the tent. Like they have the pavilion set up where the nobles are conducting their business. It's it's open, but it's not like there's a bunch of people around or if you want to take it someplace else, you can either way. Take it someplace else. Okay. Ten minutes or so goes by, you were able to coordinate this, and eventually the, the nobles come over. Jason walks over, and he seems very interested in what, you know, what's going on. Both Maven and Gunther are very sort of aggravated that they've been called away from whatever it is they do. So I want to like, do it. This should be important. I want to do it in like a surprise way. Like I want to get everybody around and go. <laughs> okay, so. Happy all, birthday <laughs> to <so> you. They, <laughs> all, they all kind of lean in Four as you open it up, and they're. They kind of look at you like you can say their first thought is, why did you kill a dwarf and put them in a barrel? <laughs> and, and shave his beard. <laughs> and shave his beard. Like, it's a what is dwarf. wrong with you? We found him like this. You you found a stowaway in the holds? We went into the holds. A couple of the barrels didn't seem right. We opened them up and these this was inside. Well, I think we found our arsonist. Who says that? Gunther. Uh, who was the guy that said that before down in the Abram. Uh, Abram? Is he here too? Yes. I look at Abram and then I look at Gunther and I go and I'll say, um, 
Are you two idiots? How could he set the fire and then seal himself in the barrel? Magic. I don't think he... <laughs> Did we determine that the dwarf was... Uh... He's magical. You don't know if it's the spell he's under we, or... We don't, we don't know if... Or we don't know if he's magical. He did that to himself, or somebody shaved his beard. He's, I think he was put here. <laughs> I think he was put here uh, out of uh, what did you say? Out of uh, yeah. I think he's sent to do something, or somebody was getting rid of him. Sounds like well, that happens. Is he dead? No, we don't think so. We alive. We think he's under a spell and he's gonna wake back up. I or found we no could wake pulse him up. or breathing on the yeah, door. You found no pulse and no breathing. So I know. I'm, tell, I'm oh, telling yeah. this. You think he's dead? Yes, I believe this man All is right. dead. Well, he's not dead. Well, we have a dead, not dead dwarf who may or may not be responsible for a fire, a fire that, that, that killed, may or may not have happened. That may not, may or may not have killed <laughs> on five a ship people. That... But I'll tell you what: if he is dead, it's a hundred percent his fault. <laughs> Everybody needs a scapegoat. So. If you can, then I sh I say we revive him, and we we ask him the questions and find out. I don't want there to be any prejudice as to him being guilty from you. We will dispense justice as we always have. It will be fair, says Jason. <laughs> as you always have. There's what what precedence like, is there? Sense motive, just those two, and whatever your wisdom modifier would be. Oh, uh, it's a negative. Twelve. <laughs> uh, you have the feeling Jason is, is pretty open-minded in your dealings. You wouldn't be surprised if Gunther and Maven haven't already made up their minds. You get the feeling that they don't particularly like dwarves. They're, they're somewhat racist toward them. All right, let's wake them up. <laughs> That's, uh, I pictured me going... All right, let's wake him up, and then every, like nobody knows how, so we're all going. <laughs> have, I, have I gathered back around? And, am I still out scouting at this no, point? Um, I don't have someone, someone would have called you. That's, that's exactly what happened in my mind. So, so you were walking toward this. the tent, so and you see an unconscious dwarf. I, I would say that the first thing to do would be to pull his beard, but since this is obviously a worthless dwarf with no beard. I do, I do have an idea to wake up this dwarf. <laughs> Tickle him. Now, if we cook a skillet of bacon and hold it above his face, I hear that he'll wake up. Well, can um, call upon the monster of Grexel. Can the either spellcaster, if this is if he's under a spell, can you? I can dispel the spell. <laughs> well, that that was. Uh, Let's right. do that. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just. Are you taking any precautions? Are you going to tie him up? Are you going to put him in stocks? You're going to bury him to his neck in sand? Let's have him restrained, and. Do we have a whole lot of rope? I like imagine the, from the system. Yeah, there's plenty of rope. I like the um, bury him up to his head in sand, and then we'll wake him up and go, we had to, you're just ahead. <laughs> this is all that's left. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. This is all we can say. Six feet from the end no. So what are you doing to, to restrain him? I didn't. I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, I, there's, I just, there's, I just, there's actual shackles available, like the, you know, the guards would have. Some shackles, rope, that kind of thing. So you, if you want to restrain him, you can. Yeah, we'll just have him shackled to something. Okay. So it takes you a few minutes. I, I'm pretty sure you can cast Dispel Magic as a ritual. I do. So we're going to assume that you can, even if you can't. So it takes you 20 minutes, half an hour to get everything prepared to get him shackled. Um, you know, Abram calls over a couple extra guards. They're trying to keep people away because they don't want to make a big deal out of it. Uh, so they're trying to keep everybody secluded. And you're able to cast your spell. You, sir, 
are instantaneously awake. I knew it was an ink bell. And the way this spell works is that it's as if no time has passed. Like, so in your uh, view, you were awake, fell asleep, woke up. So it's been three seconds since this has happened to you. Ah! How did you guys contain me? I'm sorry, I missed that. He's shackled. I this, <laughs> and we put it. We put some fake so hair on him because uh, so it's your, really weird in a cell. All of your equipment, your armor, weapons, everything is in one barrel. Your clothing, like you have like clothing on, but it's more like small clothes. So you basically are kind of like in a t-shirt and underwear right now. Okay. I see this as more of like a diplomatic situation. So I'm expecting the nobles uh, to I, do the talking. I, I will look around, startled and confused. Because all of a sudden I'm not in a barrel and I'm somewhere else. Right. So there is a, a, a sort of a youngish human noble with two older. And you can tell by the way he's dressed. And he actually also has a, a musket or a, a point lock pistol, which is pretty much like a noble accoutrement. And he looks at you and says, sir, you stand before me accused of arson and murder. What have you to say for yourself? You can give us feedback and comments at our website, dndacademy.com. You can check out previous podcasts at our website and subscribe to future ones on iTunes. If you have a suggestion for a topic, we'd love to hear it. Email your ideas to podcast at dndacademy.com, and you can connect with us on Twitter at dnd underscore academy. As always, thanks for listening, and remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right.